Hello everyone, Impact Wellness and Daria Kiesler once again. I hope you guys doing very well and all our podcasts are actually nourishing your body, your health and your, your performance. My guest today, Emily Anger, is very special, very amazing, 32 years old life transformation coach with a beautiful story of going around different countries, experiencing different things at different levels of mind, body and soul, as well as body transformation coach that looking at root causes of what's stopping you from achieving your desired body results, your weight loss results, we're going to have amazing conversation about female body optimization. So stay tuned, stay wired, because today is the day. Hello, Emily, and welcome to Impact Wellness Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Me too, me too. Uh, we have been talking about this podcast for a while now, I think, what, six, seven months, and there is always something going on and probably always on my side, <laughs> but <laughs> finally we make it. So uh, I'm so excited and I'm so excited because we are having a great topic to discuss and we know that there is um, lots of stigma about female weight loss, body composition, fat loss. And I was thinking that you are a great person to talk to because you just... Uh, practical and um, you have lots of clinical experience and clinical application uh, to share and I think would be great uh, conversation with you today. Um, I hope you have the same opinion. <laughs> I do. I mean, this is why I've been waiting for this to happen. <laughs> this podcast is well overdue. Yes, 100%. Okay, so everyone stay in tune because we have so many uh, great um, insights, great Lots of great stuff coming in. Uh, don't switch off now. Stay with us to the end. <laughs> Emily, tell me a um, little bit more about you. Uh, what is your personal and professional journey? Well, I feel my personal journey is that I feel like I've lived 100 years. Um, there's been a lot of experiences in my life that has obviously brought me to where I am today. Um, moving countries and continents four times. Um, Get, getting into fitness after actually pursuing a career in music. Um, so there's a lot of it's a lot of life learnings that has brought me here in front of you today. Um, as a person, I am very fiery, and I've been called a tomboy most of my life. Um, we can have a discussion on that whether or not that is a male energy or not. But um, I've always been competing with the boys. So I can see where that comes. Like I used to play football. Uh, I used to play with the boys. Uh, I have two brothers and uh, yeah, so I had really high standards and I was always actually comparing myself to men and especially coming into this industry almost 10 years ago, I never looked to women for anything. Uh, it's only really later on where I found people like yourself who I really respect and want to learn from. Um, and yeah, 
And now we're here and uh, I think what we're going to talk about is that whole female thing because I learned to channel my feminine side and actually feel like she's awesome and she's really much part of why I'm successful today. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited just to like delve into this. Fantastic. And I do think you touch in so important uh, um, part of, um, of chakras, right? When we're talking on the, about the energy, because fire is uh, something what I also discussed with um, uh, Louise. Uh, she uh, used to be Olympic swimming athlete. Uh, and this is, uh, we met uh, through a course of Diana Minnick on food and spirit. And we connected on that fire. And uh, I think many women, including myself, we always pushing away um, this fire in us because we don't want to be perceived as we are achiever, as we are bossy, right? Because uh, what someone else is going to think about us. But um, I remember when I was an athlete, that was not a problem. That was actually lifted up and I was encouraged to be my best self. Uh, when I finished sport is when I started to see problems because I was different than any other female because I had goals, I had desires, I wanted to achieve something. Um, so very interesting topic and definitely we um, would be nice to discuss this because um, I think many women uh, living in that suppression between how to be female, but then how to be female who achieve and then balance herself with um, female energy. How did you do that? How, what did you do to enable channel this male energy to female energy and ultimately get that optimum balance? I think part of it is getting older mm. and you know, you'd start to accept yourself and more of yourself. Um, and I also think that when I showed my feminine side, I realized that I was super vulnerable. And I like to, you know, that is really when you're the most vulnerable, that's where you have the most amount of growth. Um, so I was surrounded by all of these high achieving men and I didn't really feel like that was me, right? Part It's partly me because I was there for a reason, but there was a time when I just decided like, look, I want to be all of me and I want to, I want to be my, cause I'm really emotional. I'm very sensitive. And I just decided that it's okay to feel all of these emotions and not try to always be strong. Even though I now think that my vulnerability is my biggest strength and why I connect with people and why people trust me and how I listen to people. Um, but I used to think that that was my weakness because I was very sensitive and I like, I would cry to every movie. Like I'm, I'm that kind of sensitive. Right. So um, I think it was just a matter of like, I'm tired to try to uphold something that I'm partly, I'm only partly because I still am that strong fire. I'm an Aries as well. So I'm a fire Aries as well. So, um, but just, feeling like actually I don't want to be no one else. I, it's too much energy to try to please someone with who they, who, who I think they want me to be. So I just decided that it's time to just be. And uh, yeah. Fantastic. And I think uh, that's why we have this conversation because both of us are, have a very similar view to what is actually female body optimization and 
part of is is tapping into who we are and uh, fulfilling whatever we want in life that's why we are working towards body optimization so body is not stopping us because we both believe the connection between mind body soul spirit heart whatever you call it right yeah 100% okay good emily um what wellness means to you is that impact wellness podcast so let's dig that what is meaning for you what does it mean so wellness is obviously a state of health and when i look at health it's looking into all areas of your life it's your mental your spiritual your emotional your your actual physiological health your reproductive health it's kind of a state of health where you are looking to be as good as you can to optimize your wellness where you actually then feel that you're congruent and i think wellness is partly like living in congruency with who you are uh, and then making choices out of self-love because you want to feel great you want to be healthy because you want to have a good life so that's something that i usually speak to my female client a lot of the time people choose things out of self-destruction because they're they're beating themselves up for something or they don't think they're good enough so that's why they need to change whereas i look at it like why don't we do it from a place of self-love where we go actually i deserve to feel this way i can look whatever however i want to i just need to do it out of compassion and be okay with i'm here now and now i have the option to change um and i really think that when we start choosing things because we love the journey first of all feels so much better because the energy is positive rather than negative and um, yeah so wellness for me is just this state of congruent feeling of i do something for myself from from self-love and I, I do so because i want to feel as good as i possibly can mentally spiritually financially all of them so you you're talking about um, self-acceptance in all what you're saying right so it's that moment when you have the desires and dreams how you want to be how you want to look but is the question can we really get there without accepting where we are what is our starting point what what is your opinion about that we need to know where we are today and that includes being super honest about obviously stats you know this is your body weight this is how you look this is potentially your body fat percentage these are your health markers you know if you have high blood pressure we need to know these things because that is really who you are today and then from there you can go on that journey because if you don't know where you are don't you don't really know what approach you need to change you just know that you need to change right um so i think it's very important to accept that okay i'm broken and a lot of my growth came from accepting that sh shit, I am broken. I have so far that I need to go. And I might not 100% know what she looks like, but I know that this is not it. And I know that I can be better and I know that I want to be better. And I know that I deserve to feel better. And from there, you can start work on it. Yes, exactly. You keep working, but then um, you've got that happy moment because you accept it. So we both know that this is a journey and it's not going to take week two weeks three months even sometimes one year is not enough but um when we accepting where we are in a present moment uh, we probably more peaceful and we got giving ourselves time 
to arrive where we would like to arrive. And uh, yesterday I was speaking with uh, Caroline Welsh. Uh, she wrote a book, um, uh, mindfulness, like gu Ma mindfulness Guide for Female, and she used to work in a corporate, uh, a corporate law. And we also had that conversation, right? And she said, it is important to pace yourself. And women usually try to multitask and do things quickly without acceptance and uh, giving yourself space. Um, it's important. Because we're talking female optimization, body optimization, what, in your opinion, does mean optimization of female body? What does it stand this for? How do you understand this? So obviously, if we look at the word optimization is to make something as good as possible. And I think what needs to happen is that we need to look both externally and internally. And a lot of the time we only focus on the external factors and think that these are going to be the solutions to the actual problems. And I mean, I send clients to you because I'm you, I, I'm sometimes not skilled enough to help people in looking at their hormones and everything else and like really helping them. So it is optimization is to really understand where I need to go to be healthy. And sometimes it is just to a PT. Sometimes it is to functional medicineists. Sometimes it is to Western medicine as well, but it's about being okay with, I need help and then finding that source that will help you and actually yes. to get you from your 1.0 to your 2.0 higher level. Yeah, and I think what you're saying, um, Emily, that um, being okay um, of accepting the help, because I think that is, um, at least from my experience, many higher female CEO, business, uh, business uh, owners, is like that hesitation because I run big business, I must know this, I must know that. And then we, they are probably much more judging themselves and why they are underperforming at the body, body and health. But what is my opinion is just like another business. You building the body, you building the business, right? And, uh, or you're building your relationship is exactly the same. Foundations are the same. You have to have them. And I think many women, and we, we, we both have very big sentiment to that, to that age 13, 30 up, because there is little done for them and little optimization uh, for them. So thank you so much uh, for pointing this out because that's so important. There's lots of misconceptions about female plus body, female and body, right? What, in your experience, are those misconceptions? Um, what, in terms of changing your body or in terms of... Anything, exactly. Anything that you uh, encounter that, you know, women coming to you and say, I should be that way but it's not that way. And you say, oh, because that's what newspapers said, that's what magazines said, but actually is that way, right? One of those is definitely looking at your internal and emotional side, and you mentioned this at the start. Yeah, I mean, one thing is to, 
yeah, accept that we are emotional beings and that we have to also be okay with having emotions and, and also learn to navigate your emotions. And I think a lot of people refuse the navigation of their emotions or just to take it as feedback that something is happening. Um, I mean, when I went on my journey stopping suppression of emotions, I learned so much about my behavior that I then could go in and change. Like I used to be an emotional eater. Whenever I was emotional or stressed or felt inadequate, my first thought was chocolate. And when I had that realization, it was like, wow, now I know that I don't have a food problem. I have an emotional problem. And from there, I went on this journey where I could solve my eating issues, which was amazing. And I was on, I think I was only lucky to get to that place, but I was doing a lot of soul searching and I was doing a lot of looking for answers for some higher level of purpose out there because I was in a really bad place. Um, so that is one thing that we are not willing to experience our emotions. Um, and therefore we turn to food or alcohol or drugs or whatever it is that people go for, for advice. Right. Um, and what else? I think for women, the lack of patience and the need to prove themselves being worthy without being able to give that reassurance to themselves. And I'm obviously generalizing quite heavily here. Um, but I do feel like women have, a greater need to prove themselves and that's obviously from conditioning from being the inferior sex for so for so long right so there is a need to do better than men so that we can get the same amount of benefits which i know that you felt it i've definitely felt it um and yeah that sucks yeah. Again, we agree on that we agree on that <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so the need to always prove yourself to feel adequate you know, and then not necessarily being able to give yourself that pat on the back and be like, actually, you're fucking amazing. Look at all the things that you can do. And like looking at you being a mother, a business owner, you're helping so many people, you know, you're taking on way more than most men ever would. So I think the whole thing about just chilling and go, wow, I'm absolutely freaking amazing because I can do all of this. Um, yeah, that's what I want people to if they hear this and that's them I wanted to go wow okay actually I'm pretty amazing um, and then also they're not being hard on themselves because then it, and on the other side of that is we're trying to be then having the perfect body and we're gonna always be young and so there's a lot of pressure that is added on top of it which yeah I mean today social media filters and everything it doesn't help us right um, but yeah I think that would be an answer of the question, what would you say to your younger self or to girls that are 25, 18, because we see trends which are probably not the healthiest one. And we, myself and yourself, we still belong to the society and to time when we did not have social media, we couldn't do filters, right? But these millennials and younger, they grow in, in this idea of big perfection, right? And I think that um, so many younger women are going to be affected in the future. And I kind of can see this from my personal experience working with them 
working with girls 18, 20, 25, 21, or having the same um, fear of appearing not perfect in on the social media. Um, and definitely it's a, that's, you need to find that sweet spot in this because this is not bad stuff, it's how you are perceiving yourself. But as you said, working on emotions and we have been conditioned is just not not easy. What about body image? You mentioned a little bit body, like having the perfect body. What are enemies conception around that comparison? Yeah, I mean, one's body image, it's one's picture of what you need to look like. You know, my body image doesn't have to be your, like your body image. It depends on what I believe is the perfect body which we, again, we're looking at social media, we're looking at filters, you know, it's actually crazy how easy it is to look good today <laughs> on pictures. <laughs> yes. um, and it's, it's scary. I, I don't even know what I would say to people younger because it's, it's hard to think because we were given a time in our life where we never had this thing. But I guess we always compared ourselves. I had Hello magazines and, you know, you still have them. Yes. But now it's every day, every hour, every minute, which then is, it's, it's, it's just feeding into your subconscious mind what you should be looking at. And I think we just need to talk more about it. And I think we need to talk more about our, um, our struggles like mental struggles with maybe body image how we feel about our body and then having that conversation like getting more people to be very honest about their body you know and actually talking about it and being way more this is a filter you know maybe it needs to be printed everywhere like this is a filter this so i don't really know but yeah body image i think when you you need to have a, a body image of yourself that is healthy um so that you can have that body it's like what you believe about your body is kind of what you're aiming for so having some surrealistic image of your body a it's never going to happen so why not be a bit more realistic and then also loving to love yourself in any shape or form still we i talked about this in another podcast about I think still you should love yourself. Even if you're a plus size girl, you should love yourself, but not because it's your body. It's because who you are intrinsically inside of that body, right? Then from there, looking at what is healthy, what, what is the gray area? Because there isn't like the perfect health, the perfect body. Like there isn't one size. There isn't just one metric. So being okay with loving yourself regardless and then seeing, okay, but what does my health require of me so that I prevent disease? And I know that you and I talked about it, like the thing why we're here. So many women in their thirties are fucking themselves up um, with excessive dieting, excessive training, and their reproductive health is getting worse. And we're like re reproductive health as a global thing, it's getting worse. Right. So, um, I know my mission is to try and help that. And also seeing now working with a lot of women going into menopause and seeing how they actually really struggle because they were never hormonally stable from the, from the start. Like that's why I'm here anyway, to, to try and make a positive change in that way. And I know this and is maybe, why you and I resonate so much. 
And, and maybe that is actually, you said that you wouldn't know what to say to younger girls, but maybe actually that is the message because where you stabilize and you build your hormonal health in, is in your youth. This yeah. is where you are optimizing or using that metabolism that works very well. That's why they, you can go on kale diet and you're losing <laughs> weight very quickly, right? Or you do 12 weeks, 12 weeks seven, six weeks program and you again changing, but that can be misleading if you are not looking into further longevity of, um, of your results and why you want to make this happen, what makes you to want it to care for your health. And I know that I'm asking a lot right now, this younger generation of women to self-care and, and change the way they think. Because this is not what you and me would do at this stage, right? I remember playing sports. I would be eating Mars and Snickers after every single training. Uh, oh, yes, after every single training. It was like obsession. Why? Because I never gained weight. I needed that energy after 60 minutes running on the field. was fine. But I know that my hormonal health and adrenals were just flat. I had to sleep with blood sugar dysregulation between 2-3 p.m. afternoon. Yeah. And I'm sure many of them experiencing this. Actually, I know they have trouble waking up in the morning. That is already sign there is some exhaustion at some stage happening. And then what they do, like you said, they're going on diets or they're going on exercising, over-exercising, lots of uh, high intensity impact training and we're going to discuss this in a few moments uh, and you know i don't want to take this away from them because i used to be like that and i'm sure you were we used to do jumps we used to do crazy runs and crazy hits enjoy it but today conversation i hope is going to bring awareness that you know keep thinking what is going to happen in five years six years ten years because as you said emily these menopausal women are results of what they've done 10, 10, 15, 20 years ago, right? Yeah. But also, it's well and good to do all the jumping and high intensity stuff as long as you nourish yourself along the way, which most people don't, because they go, they complete to opposite polarization. We've got more training, less food, right? And then more caffeine and I don't know what people even drink these days. But so that is the problem. It's okay to have a high activity as long as you're actually feeding that activity. Right? Yes. Yes. Um, it's a very good point. Exactly. Right. That's why um, maybe not kale dieting when you're trying to run two hours every single day. And I think that's what is generally the choice. And the thing is, you know, that we don't need to go cutting calories really that low we can really go gradually and making nice small deficits over a long period of time that is going to bring us results if we are looking into calorie in and out but then how fast we want to get this is another story emily what is the reason women are afraid of lifting weights talk me through that I just give you everything. Yeah. Um, well, it goes back to maybe it wasn't looked upon as being feminine. 
And then the, the idea is that if you put on a lot of muscle, you're not feminine and therefore you're not qualified as a worthy woman. And we all just want to find our prime male at, at some point. So I think it's the, and also maybe the pleasing inside of us of like, oh, but if I'm not then uh, a good woman, then, uh, then I'm not good enough. So it goes back to that, I'm not good enough. Um, I think it's slowly changing and that is thanks to social media actually. So social media isn't all that bad. Um, and yeah, but the, the big misconception is that people are, they don't understand physiology and bio, biochemistry and actually how hard it is for women to put on muscle. Um, so the fear is that they will look like a man because they look at men that train and they can balloon up and get muscly. Whereas I mean, you and I have trained for so long and I've tried for so long to put on muscle <laughs> and it's just the slowest process. So the biggest misconception is that, you know, people have this idea of, oh, wow, I'm going to start growing a beard and look like a male and therefore I'm not going to be considered sexy. Right. Yes. Yes. It's the concept concept of what is sexy mean. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And exactly what you said, how we as a woman were conditioned as an object of looking, you know, skinny and, you know, sexy and, and that's it, right? Where I also think, even from observation of my clients, of female that I used to work with or I work with, um, who lifts weights, they all empowered, they all strong mentally, physically, they much more confident about themselves and just before we started we talk about fear of appear in social media and keep sharing keep talking right and we had a short conversation but today we are here because training and this stupid muscles are actually wiring our nervous system and telling our brain go and do it because if you are able to push bench press, if you are able to drag the sled or, you know, <laughs> do something else like that, you will be able to do those things because the mindset is just different. Yeah. And also, in what better way can you prove yourself improving than seeing numbers going up when you lift? So, I mean, you, you probably feel the same way. Like I thank my younger self from getting into training early because it, she helped me become who I am today. I don't know if I would have been a confident woman today because I was bullied. I was pretty, you know, I wasn't very confident when I was younger. So, and now I am this powerful woman that I would like to call myself. And I really thank her for making that decision. And it came out of not feeling good enough and wanting to be pretty and wanting to be sexy but it turned into something completely different. And this is why we stay in the game because we, it, it conditions us to, to first of all, come back and do it, you know, dare to go at it again and not really giving up and then seeing those micro progressions over the years or sometimes in the beginning very quickly, that builds up your self-efficacy and your self-belief that you can do things which transfers and as you say it's the nervous system it transfers into oh but maybe i will go and start a business maybe i will say yes to that date maybe you know so yeah but it's there's no better way than to have a gym or even training at home and seeing 
this I couldn't do yesterday, today I did it. And you do that, this I couldn't do yesterday, today I did it. And you build yourself up as a human. Yes, and both of us agreed, I believe that you agree, that it's about balancing our training as well, because it's male and female, and weightlifting is very male part of who we are, where let's say dance, yoga, Pilates is a very female, open type of activity. And I always said, listen, it's not just now I'm telling you just the weights only, it's maybe considered to adding this into uh, part of your uh, routine. And I do believe that uh, this is the reason why so many women um, just share with me your opinion and what is your experience. Weight training address so many hormonal issues. I, I've seen so many women just getting better on their menstrual cycle, more regular, uh, easier to uh, get it, not that strong, just be regulated one, just because they're doing weight training. You, you have the same uh, observation, Emily. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I've worked with quite a few women who've had PCOS. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's combined with good nutritional practices, but the training does something to the body, right? It helps you regulate your insulins and it helps you deal with like food better. It helps you sleep better. So it has this effect on your entire life that improves things. And it's so important. But the way I look at training as well, it is longevity. I know that one day I will go through menopause. And after that, my bones will start to deteriorate. And I will have more, be prone to, you know, things I don't want to experience. So on the days where I don't really feel like doing it, I can vision myself as an old lady and go, actually, she deserves to have the best age right to feel independent to feel strong to not need things to not break her bone just because she fell over um so sometimes i i really think that we need to we should be present all the time but i think we should be considerate of the future because what we do today isn't about today like the session i do today is, has nothing to do with today it's for the next year or the next 10 years so so you know so that's how i see it anyway definitely i agree with your uh, health is activity or practice that we have to uh, think of what is going to bring for us in the future is not just the present because sometimes you need few weeks you need few months to see the change it's not like you go into hairdresser and you see shape right maybe that is the reason also so many women dropping at very early stage because as you mentioned change male body from my experience i have seen many female bodies in 14 years it's much harder yes they are women who you know you get 12 weeks and i'm sure you got it boom is done right but probably majority of women is much more estrogen <laughs> driven than testosterone driven right in a good way not like in a pcos when pcos is kind of higher testosterone and insulin cortisol, but um, this estrogen is just not going to help us, right? No, so mm. yeah. So it, obviously there is a, still 
I think it's getting better, the misconceptions of training. I think so. Um, and I hope that it only keeps getting better and that it's maybe more also encouraged. It is a very male-like vibe in there, right? So if you are more of a really like feminine, feminine, feminine female, it's going to be intimidating. And that's probably one of the conversations we've had with many women. It's like, but I don't dare to do anything in there. I, it's in that free weight section where I don't want to go. So I think we, if we can make a environment where it feels more at home for women, where they feel safe, because it's a matter of safety, right? And also, if you are a small woman and you're walking into this testosterone-fueled, sweaty room, yeah, it's going to be intimidating. And then if you don't know what you're doing, of course, it's going to be something that you're going to avoid doing. So, yeah. What would be, what would be any of your um, uplifting advice here for women who listen to our conversation and say, okay, I'm buying this. I love what they're talking about from tomorrow. And I am going to start a gym session. What would be your advice? What she's supposed to do? She's supposed to find someone that makes her feel safe in the approach that she will be taking herself through. If someone doesn't know, if this is someone who's never had the experience of the gym or dieting or anything, you are doing yourself the best investment by hiring someone who will take care of you because you can do it on your own and completely, first of all, waste a lot of years, literally, or again, you, you start reading things and then you see the 1200 calories, the perfect thing. It's like, Ooh, all of this hit session, everyday hits and twice a day training maybe. So I really think that finding someone who you connect with and trust it's super important because then also whenever you do feel insecure, you have someone there to come and actually talk to. Because I believe that the way I work with people now, it's very much personal development at the same time. It is life optimization, including obviously body transformation to get you healthy and where you feel that you enjoy living in your body. But it has to be that mental growth of I'm, I'm here and I'm moving towards feeling more safe, more um, confident uh, so yeah having someone is huge huge yeah i think it's important that um we beginning to see that going into you know google or going into magazine is not going to be the same as hiring someone and i think i agree with you you can save yourself so many years uh, of disappointment, <laughs> to be honest, loss of the hope, even at the end, if you, even if you get someone for a few weeks, few months, just to teach you to be with you there when you, when it's needed. I think that's very valid. And I hope those one who wants to go into the gym are going to listen that amazing advice. Emily, we're talking lots about misconception. Um, we talk about misconception about female body, but what are the misconceptions about weight loss specifically for female above 30? Okay, so I think the biggest misconceptions for women entering their 30s is one that they believe that they need to go on excessive diets and that some diets only work and that they can't do certain things to get a result 
And that only feeds into this already conditioned belief system of food is bad or food is good. Something that we need to learn and work with is really working on someone's relationship to food. And of course, that comes from lack of knowledge. So if we can learn to educate people a little bit better about food and why it's, in, why it's more beneficial to eat certain foods than other foods, then you will be more empowered to make those decisions rather than making decisions out of fear or because you don't, because you don't know any better. Or again, you're not in tune with your emotions, so then you go for the foods that will calm your emotions. And I guess, again, going into the whole thing about misconception, training is one of those things that is going to give you a better hormonal panel. It's going to give you longevity and, and independence later on. So again, taking that misconception and going, right, my belief system about something, it doesn't have to stop me from doing something. And if I can learn to work with my belief system and, and actually believe, it's all about belief systems. Like what do we believe is true? And we only navigate our life from how we believe it's true. And I guess, again, going into the whole thing about misconception, it's the need to feel to be perfect, to be good, right? Um, you don't need to be perfect all the time to get results. You don't need to be perfect in any way or form to be happy. And I really think that the whole thing about perfectionism, it's such a recurring thing in, in, in life, in running business, in running relationships, and it, everything should be perfect. Again, maybe down to the, the rise of social media where we now only see the good sides. Um, but yeah, you don't have to be perfect. And actually, I think that life is beautiful in those imperfective moments, right? is that acceptance and um, I did not drive a little bit deeper um, when you were talking about accepting even our body is not yet um, with that op optimized composition right right um, and I think um, there is lots of um, discussion about women who are very overweight and they telling that that's healthy right and I remember with uh, Umar Malik, I was discussing that little bit. This was at that time we were, we were recording when uh, Cosmopolitan posted um, that article. And it's very thin line there. But what I love what you said, Emily, is that it's not about um, the body, but it's about who is, is inside that body. And then it doesn't matter in my opinion, if you are that percent or that person on that shape. However, we need to be conscious that being very overweight has health consequences. And I, I am probably, not everyone may like, will be on site that we need to find, I will be very politically correct here, <laughs> balance with doing something about this we cannot encourage that this is okay because that is not okay and we need to find ways to talk to those women in this politically correct way however sometimes maybe very direct way that you know love yourself and the beauty inside you but 
maybe trying to do something around this will just help you because we at the end ultimately you and me trying make this women feel better so they can conquer they can open business they can have children they can have better relationships because at the end of the day it's not about that body optimization but it's about what this gives you yeah i think first of all if we take blood tests they don't lie so starting to get very clear like what you believe doesn't have to say doesn't have to be the truth so if we were to take blood tests on people and actually go like look these are the consequences of your lifestyle and then what i do believe and this is because my mom's partner he is a bit overweight so he's quite overweight and he is in this gray zone he's got like metabolic syndrome pretty much and so he is now in this gray area where he's not yet sick according to western standards but he's not healthy and i do think that if we also had way stricter you know this is actually going out of line look at these numbers look at these facts about your what your biology is actually telling you then we can actually start to bring in more urgency to change because i do believe that western medicine only obviously patches up whereas you and i try to prevent people from getting there in the first place and if there was a system that would go right you're heading in the wrong direction these are the consequences this is what you're facing is this how you want is this what you want to face then people will then be oh actually i don't want to live like that i want to live until i'm old i want to have kids um and also people don't know what good feels like until they feel good because we are only we're so adaptive by nature the human being that we are okay with not being okay because it's what we know so but you and both have had clients where we go wow i didn't i feel so much better i have so much more energy i wake up feeling fresh my skin is amazing there's so many things that you don't know until you know what good feels like and then you go wow how good can i feel can i feel even better than this and that's the empowering thing of going actually we can take you from feeling okay because to your standards it's good but if you felt what better felt like, you can then want to be in a great place. Um, I think that's, uh, that discussion here at this uh, point helped me really to transition our conversation into coaching, right? Because you and me believe that coaching is very huge component, very important component of this conversation about the body, goals, why do I want to go there and that? And um, I think many women just come and ask, I want to lose weight, right? But uh, once you ask more questions, they really don't understand what is underneath. And um, my question here around coaching would be how women can go away or support themselves or resolve, if it's possible, this self-destructive talks around the way they look, they are, they be, right? What do you know about this? What could trigger that? Um, there are any tips, techniques <laughs> that you would share? The thing that keeps people in the state of self-destructive thoughts 
it's that they want to do something but don't have the courage to do it for whatever reason or they have tried something in the past and it didn't work out and if you can prove to yourself that you are capable of changing because you are capable of changing yes you might need help because you don't know how to do it properly or you've tried some things and they didn't work for you then just know that there are answers to everyone's problem out there like it's not impossible for anyone to do anything um so i do believe that we need the courage to dare to push ourselves and i do think that if we're also talking about to the younger listeners maybe our parents didn't do a good job in always telling us it's okay it's okay it's, you know sometimes we don't we can't just cuddle people and go oh no you're good you're good like no sometimes you need to go you can do better right and saying it's okay for you to fail because i think that's the thing i don't know i don't have kids but i heard that here in like in in kindergarten now everyone gets the star when they when they run a race because no one can be the best and it's kind of like yeah of course people can be better and of course people can be worse and we need to just learn to accept failure that's it like people are f scared of failing and that's what's holding them back from achieving so if you can go i'm willing to do this without the certainty of getting what i want yet then you're committed and it is it is a commitment thing like am i willing to stay in the game until i solve this problem yes and especially a great point because um as we pointed at the start weight loss journey is not just uh, a fat body optimization journey from different perspective it's not just straight line and i don't know why i talk to women right we are thinking that all is linear it's not you're going to have ups and downs, but you make so important point emily that um, we must to accept uncertainty that maybe for the first six seven weeks there is no change just only one change is going to happen that you're going to maybe have little bit more energy in the morning maybe you're going to have i don't know gently nicer toned skin maybe your digestion is going to be working better but there is no change in size there is no change that you're wearing different clothing and i think um, so important question to uh, ask yourself what are let's say three questions that again simple tomorrow women listening our podcast wake up and she said wakes up and she says to herself i really want to jump into this journey uh, i don't know where to start what should i ask myself this is how i would frame it a lot of people enter the race looking for surface level solutions which is the next training program the next diet fad and they're missing the point of they need to go back and rebuild the house that their roof is going to stand on we need to look at your habits your routines your morning rituals your evening rituals you know the quality of your sleep and actually start to go back and rebuild that foundation 
because it is the problem isn't the diet the diet is a scientific thing you're in a caloric deficit you're progressively overloading you get stronger you lose body fat like that is really a science but it's the everything else around it that is more important so we need to go back and reconstruct and rebuild that foundation and then working on the limiting beliefs the limiting mindset about what is and what isn't possible because I do think that a lot of women don't believe that it's possible because they haven't yet got it. They might have tried so many times. So every time they try something, the next stupid fad, they're just feeding into their belief system that nothing is going to work for them. And they're wasting the one thing that they never get back, which is time. And that causes more pain and pain causes us to look for more surface level solutions because we want it quickly because we keep wasting time and because I'm not there yet. So, in order for you to really create a long-term sustainable change, we have to go back and look at the foundation. And from there, entering the race of body composition, it is a science and it takes time. And that's it. Um, of course, easy to say, not easy in practicality. There is a lot that goes into it. But if, if people can enter the race and go, I'm, I'm willing to have patience and look at my habits. I mean, look at how I, my, how I talk about food, about myself, about everything. And then I will go into this game with the commitment to become better without trying to be perfect. And with the commitment to search for the problem that I need to solve so that I can become that one 2.0 level. So, so, so we agree that if, you are jumping tomorrow in this journey you first go in and you search for professional who is going to help you but you are not doing this three months before your wedding <laughs> three months or two months before um, your holiday you're doing this six months eight months one year you're not doing this change before one month before you're planning a baby that is another big topic right how women are entering unprepared into that window when they're trying to conceive right and i think a good conversation for the future but we definitely agree you need to give yourself time don't rush and, and um and yes I yes Emily. you need to you need to reconnect to why and what is the ultimate goal because the ultimate goal isn't abs the ultimate goal is to feel great in my body of course abs can be there but the goal isn't the abs the goal is to feel good and to have energy to have sex drive to be able to have kids to be able to do whatever you want and have the confidence so i think connecting to the why and going that person i want right body mind soul yes and personalization of goals as you said what is important to me why do i want this why me why this way why that way because then comes this uh, comparison oh i want this because my neighbor my friend or whatever jumped into that program and then where disappointment comes because they this is different story this is different drive, this is different mindset, and we have to tap into who we are, as we discussed at the start. Emily, you talked about morning routine. <laughs> what is your morning routine? 
Um, my morning routine is pretty crap, to be honest. <laughs> Very honest. I, when I wrote this question, I said, shit, what I would answer for this question today, right? Yeah. Where I'm now mom is completely different than when I was like two years ago. Yeah. I like my morning routine because what I do, I don't, I actually wake up on my own around 5.30. Like I've, I haven't, I don't remember the last time I had to put an alarm clock on because I naturally am in a place where I just wake up feeling good. Uh, so that is awesome. That was never, that was not the case a few years ago. Um, and then right now I just returned to Sweden. So I'm living with my mom and her partner. So me and her partner, we sit and have coffee in the morning and we just talk and just wake up naturally without feeling stressed. And then I get to work. I, I, I usually go and I train, but I try to take some time just for me. So yeah, and obviously eat breakfast, drink water, like, you know, th those things, but I don't have a routine like I used to when I lived on my own or when I had literally my own space only. Really, you know, that's so important what you're saying, because again, comes acceptance here of the situation, comes adaptation, uh, does not come, I have to be perfect, even what I think we all uh, love right now and we love where well, we are embracing with your answer is like I said our imperfection and that you said is shit and that's okay right and uh, you the fitness professional and and health professional you know body composition mind and soul uh, you know optimization <laughs> expert right and you would say, okay, I, I'm going to talk to those women. I should be perfect. But no, that is the answer. And we, you are, I'm talking to you, anyone who listen, are going to have these shit moments. And we just have to be okay with them. And I think it's, it's not if we're looking at things in isolation, you can say, <clears throat> well, that's shit. But then if we're looking at a day as a whole, we're now looking at how do I fill the day as a whole? So 90, 80% of my day is proactive. It's good. What I would consider being the, the professional who speaks, who, who walks the talk or talks the walk, walks the talk. Um, <laughs> yeah. So again, it's not about being perfect. It's about also having behavioral flexibility and go, right, I'm in a place where maybe people are going visiting in-laws well, maybe you need to eat food that isn't perfect for a week and that's okay, but yes. you can still go out for that walk. You can still go and take some me time. You don't have to only obey to other people's rules. You have to still create some level of structure within yourself. Because I know if I don't go for my walk, I don't feel like I'm a nice person. So there's certain thing I have to do for me to feel good. Now having the perfect morning right now isn't the thing that's needs to happen for me to feel good and that's how i operate my entire life is like how do i make myself feel good so that i can be the best person so i can serve people better and of course me having the best morning ritual with a meditation and a little dong and a little you know incense or whatever that would have been amazing but in reality i treasure the time that i have with my mom's partner he's been in my life since i was 12 so he's like a dad to me um so i I treasure that more than to go and have my me time because yeah, I'm, I'm, I love people. Like I love conversation and that gives me more. So it doesn't have to be perfect. 
And that's what uh, Caroline Welsh also would say, uh, based on uh, last um, conversation I had uh, last evening, I was actually recording, and uh, she said, because my question to her was, what is that mindfulness, how we have to understand this, and she said, mindfulness is what we do right now, it's conversation. So it's uh, not only food is going to nourish us, not only exercise are going to change our body, but probably that conversation you've got in a loving environment, I believe it's much more empowering and fulfilling than maybe being on your own and eating breakfast by yourself. There is time and place for everything, right? Yeah. And if we go back to the world wellness, I think it's huge. And maybe not everyone loves people as much as I do and like having conversation and being connected to people. But I think people do, especially now that it has been a pandemic and people have been very awakened to what loneliness might feel like. Uh, so I just know that time is limits. It is limited. And I want to try and treasure that because I know my mind is spinning all day. I get to work and I do give my time and, and energy to everyone else. So I really try to, when I don't do that, to be present because that's the way you energize yourself because I'm expending energy. Obviously, I love what I do, but it's an expenditure. I give, give, give. And at some point, you've given so much, even though you love what you do, you don't love it anymore or you don't feel good doing it because you gave, 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 and you never just <clears throat> came back to now and took a little bit. Yes, yes. That's why I remember every Friday was for me. I wouldn't go for party when I was in London or clubbing and things like that. As you said, we you give an energy and it's, you need to nourish it back yourself. That's why self-care is so important and many women need to... Yesterday, Caroline said... I'm sharing this because I think it's... I told Caroline that tomorrow I'm doing a podcast with Emily and it's so naturally flowing and linking because we kind of oscillating between those two uh, topic topics and she said that scientifically 15 minutes is a uh, how much time per day we should be giving ourselves as a self-care 15 minutes science does not say if it's um 15 minutes one minute every hour or two minutes every hour just 15 minutes and I know how many women, when I ask them, give yourself 15 minutes, they will say, I can't, right? And I really, really ask you to do that 15 minutes. Emily, how do you nourish yourself? Through having conversations like this, it gives me so much. Um, like my greatest sense of like life joy is connection. So in a way that is me nourishing myself. Um, I will walk away and I will feel really fulfilled after this, you know. Um, but obviously eating good food, having a good salad every day. Um, the, the, when you haven't had good food after a while, if you've gotten into a place where you eat well and then you stop eating well, you feel the difference. Now I can really appreciate if you haven't got into the place of eating well, you don't know. But then... I need to, I mean, I eat cabbage every day. <laughs> cabbage is my one thing that I love so yeah, much. I love it cabbage as well. It's like, 
it's love on a plate. It makes me happy. I feel like it makes me happy. And I was so picky as a child. And I, I, I didn't grow up in a family where we ate a lot of vegetables. And there's something that I had to learn over the years. And I think it's just amazing. First of all, you can learn to like anything because I'm the living proof. I used to be so picky. And now actually, I always say there's nothing I don't love. I love every food. And I, yeah, I think if you can just look at the food and, and, and be so grateful for what it does to you, if you understand it, of course, but if you get a little bit of knowledge and you see this is, this is the thing that will make me feel good. It, yeah, I mean, food is, I'm a foodie, but food and a walk, walk outside training, of course. Um, but I'm not excessively obsessed about training anymore as I used to be. Um, when lockdown happened in over December, January, I exercised like three times. Cause I realized for me, it's the connection to the gym that drives me. Uh, I love how I feel after I train, obviously everyone does it's, but yeah, but I don't have that obsessive relationship to anything anymore. Um, which is a good thing. Now I, I do it because I, I love how it makes me feel, not because I feel like I have to do it. And that's the difference yeah. that makes the difference. The same with the eating well, I do it because I'm how it makes me feel, not because I have to. I can go and eat crap if I want to, but I do it because I want to feel good. And because again, I <clears throat> love myself deeply. Yeah. And, I, and I think so, uh, so valid stuff you're saying, uh, specifically if female wants to focus on weight loss, refocus, change your perception, change objective of what you want. As you said, you don't train because you have to, you train because it makes you feel better. Um, and that is changing the, the mindset. you much, uh, much more um, geared to start instead yeah. of give up, right? Instead focusing on scale every single day, focus on, you know, next year, two years time, three years time. But also, human by nature don't like to be told what to do and be confined by laws. <clears throat> so if you take away, I'm going to take a sip of water. Yes, so. please go. Please go. Yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> I had the same yesterday and I my said, God. oh my goodness, I need to bring water. <laughs> lots of good connection. Lots of, uh, I explain here a little bit, uh, ladies, we just explain expressing our truth and thyroid is that organ of truth and authenticity it's a connection with our heart that's why yesterday I probably have this <coughs> and today Emily right because we are speaking the truth and that's what women are suppressed with with speaking with expressing right uh, so if you have some each here ask yourself question. I am authentic self. I'm speaking enough of truth. <laughs> yeah, no, but you know, if you take away and you change that perception of like, I have limited choices, all of a sudden you feel empowered to do a good choice. <clears throat> it's my thyroid. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Just get yeah. more water if it's needed. No, it's good. I, I, I think the laugh did it. Um, <laughs> but it is, you know, it's, it changes everything because if we feel confined, we don't want to do things. And we, if we feel restricted, we feel like we have to. So by knowing that I can 
choose to eat. I can choose to train. I can choose. I can do so because it's an empowered choice because no one is forcing me. I'm not bound to do anything. And by default, it's going to feel much better to make that choice. But I also just think people, and this is, this is tough love for, for many. You need to take some responsibility for yourself and do the right thing. And sometimes doing the right thing isn't the thing that feels good in the moment. It's the thing that feels good long-term. And again, we're so conditioned by instant gratification because of all of these apps that we have forgotten what it's like to wait for something good. Yes, 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 yes. hundred percent. Yeah. Tough love, but it's like, don't cut yourself so short because it's not now. Yes. And, and it's what it's sometimes saying. you have to wait, right? You just have to wait uh, um, and don't rebel what is coming in front of you. Much more embrace and be brave to accept. Uh, yeah, it resonates with me because I, I have few clients, female clients, right, who would be, I say this, they do this, <laughs> always this opposite, right? And yeah. then when deeper conversation comes, it's, I don't like when someone tells me stuff. And probably that is the reason you are in this position, right? So it's always try to find those root causes uh, because, because not always is food, not always is lack of exercise. Sometimes it's just that other thing that you probably never thought about. Yeah. Emily, is there anything else that is coming to your beautiful mind, right? And clever brain. Is there anything that you would like to share with uh, our female audience? Yeah. I think that every woman deserves to feel free in her body and in her mind. And I think a lot of people feel trapped in a, their belief system of what is right and wrong and how they should be or shouldn't be. Uh, and I feel especially women, it's, we have this ideal that's been given that it's, and it's been given to us through generations. And I just, I wish that people can be more free. And I mean, my, I, I just launched my program when it's PFF, powerful, fun and free, because it is how I want people to feel because there is, ways to live that way and i really think that when you are free you're more creative you have more fun uh, and life and the thing is life is going to end one day and if you waste your time feeling rubbish all the time and the what ifs and then not daring to do the change or not daring to get the help you're wasting it and i really think that life is so wonderful life is amazing if you make it amazing but it is as i said like it's the tough love it's like you have to take the responsibility and, and create that change and be willing to take that delayed gratification path and be okay with i'm not there right now but i know that i'm working towards it and that itself i mean it's a beautiful gift to yourself and i think people just miss that thing of actually everything that i do now the hard work it's because it's a gift i'm giving myself the best gift ever and yeah, so I just think everyone deserves to feel amazing and free. And I think when we are more free in ourselves and like lack, lack judgment, we start, we stop projecting judgment. And then therefore we're going to have better relationships. We're going to have better conversations. 
there's going to be less polarization in the world as a whole because we are not placing our judgments everywhere and we're not taking offense because we are free we accepting we mm-hmm. we love life as it is the good and the bad and to see that the bad is necessary for you to actually become that person who you really want to be so i i mean i would not take away any of the shit that i've gone through in my entire life and it's quite a long list actually i wouldn't take it away because without it, it i would not have this i wouldn't be this person i wouldn't know what i want i wouldn't know what i don't want so if we can just go and be grateful for everything man life is good (laughs) yes because you have to have something that you can reflect back on and if all the time things going well you actually don't appreciate for what you had right and i'm similar as you and i had very difficult the last few years um there is one thing definitely i would like that hasn't happened but mm, hadn't happened but it happened is definitely impacted uh, who i am today Um, and as you said just embrace it accepting and continue moving on and being a better better person how can we find you emily uh best would probably be on instagram i think that's where i'm the most active what is the what is the name emily anger emily anger fantastic guys uh, yes if you want to go into emily anger check her instagram look around her program power fun and free power fun and free fun and free powerful fun and free fantastic and i would love to end here Emily, thank you so much for all these beautiful insights. Thank you so much for joining, for sharing with all females this your insights, because I believe more insights, the better. And I believe in a perspective of different people, different trainers, different practitioners, because we work with different customers. And for there is every, there's a practitioner for everyone. One works better with you, one works better with me, one works better with someone else. And I would love to encourage you ladies who listen to go and search. Don't stuck with one practitioner. Don't stuck with one personal trainer. Empower yourself, be this advocate. If you feel inside you that things don't work with you well, go and change, go and search, um, because this is how we grow. Would you have the same opinion, Emily? Yeah, 100%. And I think if anyone who listens who are professional to just embrace that we can build this beautiful network where we can help each other. Like I know I send you clients because I cannot help them as good as you can sometimes. So I just think that we need to drop our egos as professionals as well so that we can actually do the thing that we came to do in the first place, which is just to help people. Yes, I think you're making a great point because I don't feel sometimes in this health and fitness industry we enough supporting, referring, connecting. Um, we're thinking that we can do all by ourselves and not really. It's not about us. It's about person that comes to get better and get our help. So thank you so much. Next time, guys, I'm, uh, we're going to have amazing podcast again with some form psychology and brain development and anything that is related to 
neuroscience and psychology again and definitely I will be asking again stuff around female thinking, female limits, how to overcome and how to push things forward with anything uh, you wish in life. Thank you so much, Emily, once again, thank you and enjoy the rest of your evening, morning, wherever you are in the world.